Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here at the Ranger Report Podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast rub has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kind of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat. It's it's something I wish I could forget. uh. (laughs) The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside scoop. Listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at bdieter 75 I'm C.J. Berryman. You can find me at C.J.B. underscore R.R. on Twitter. And C.J., let's get our big announcement out of the way. We are now part of the Fans First Sports Network. We joined up this week. Uh, everything is underway. They got started. In fact, they have a big show tonight at 10 o'clock our time uh, doing an MLB wrap-up day, so it ought to be pretty awesome. I was invited to be on it, but I like sleep, so I wasn't able to do it because they're going like 10 to 1, and I was like, no, I can't do that on a school night. But anyway, we are now part of the Fan First Sports Network as well as Dallas Sports Nation. And then, of course, as always, we're brought to you by Waltons and also by Preferred Health Solutions. And to talk about that a little bit tonight, we have Charles Parker on with us, who is the representative from Preferred Health Solutions. Charles, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And for those of you that don't know, if you, if you read uh, therangerreport.com, Charles has been writing for me for years. So this is kind of an insider job sponsorship. Uh, Charles has been a friend for a very long time. We were even in city politics together for a little while back in the day. So we've done a lot of things together. But Charles, talk a little bit about Preferred Health Solutions, if you would. Sure. Um We came up with a new concept to provide health insurance for uh, smaller employers between 20 and 100 employees that is more of a uh, a customized approach. There's a lot of employers out there that, uh, especially in Texas, where uh, Blue Cross or United Healthcare are your only options. And so we created our own plan to be able to offer employers alternatives to, the, to do that. And we put in some unique management tools within the plan itself so that uh, we can manage their claims better. We can support mental health, mental awareness better. And, you know, I think that's something that, that uh, has 
has been missing from the marketplace for a while. And hopefully the way we manage the plan um, prevents the year over year over year increases that you get with most group health plans. Uh, employers, you know, you can only stand a double digit increase for so many years before you start crying uncle. And then you're forced to change plans or, or cut benefits or you don't give pay raises uh, to their employees. So by looking at an alternative plan um, with some different ideas and some different claims management that goes with it, um, we're hoping to provide some better solutions for employees and employers and make it more affordable for everyone. And this is a nationwide plan, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we can offer it in, well, um, we probably don't want to go to New York or California too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they have a different set of rules, but we can, if we needed to go operate there as well. All right. And how do people get a hold of you guys? Well, uh, the great news is, is you can go to hibshallmark.com. Uh, that's our website, and there's a entire front page dedicated um, to uh, Preferred Health Solutions, which is our plan. Um, and um, it, or you can email me direct me directly at Charles Parker at hibbshallmark That's h i b b s h a l l m a r k dot com. And that and, link will be in our uh, show notes, and your email will be there as well if people want to get a hold of you. That sounds great. And uh, hopefully we can help some folks out. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited. Of course, you guys paid for a year of Zoom for us, so we're excited about that too because that wasn't money out of my pocket. So thank you very much. <laughs> that we got tired of getting cut off at 40 minutes. Yeah, see, when we had the free Zoom, you got cut off at 40 minutes, and we uh, you could hear the end of some of our shows. We started talking real fast, trying to get everything in there. <laughs> Well, it's my pleasure. I'm a huge Rangers fan and have been. And as you stated up front, Ben, uh, you and I have been friends for a number of years and we've talked about Rangers and 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 we've seen the ups and downs of a lot of different things. I've been a fan of this team since they moved to Texas in 1972. And um, I fell in love with them. I got the opportunity to see them back when Frank Howard was uh, was their big hitter. As a matter of fact, my very first game that I ever went to, uh, Frank Howard hit one out in the seventh inning in a one-one, in a had the game at one with the Baltimore or- Orioles, and sent it into extra innings, and it wound up going eighteen innings. Oh wow! And they thought they were going to call the game due to time at two o'clock in the morning. And <laughs> Brooks Robinson, who played for the Orioles, laid down a suicide squeeze bunt to uh, score the winning run, and then they shut out the Rangers in the bottom of the eighteenth and. <laughs> But I just fell in love with it. And then I remember my dad got lost coming out of Arlington and he we were staying over <laughs> first. And anyway, uh, I think we wound up getting home 430 in the morning or something. <laughs> Great memory uh, sticks with you for a lifetime. Yeah, you ought to recognize this guy. Good old Fergie. Look at that. Look yeah. At that. <laughs> I That's got an Elvis one, too, but his, his <laughs> arm's broken and I put it back on with the Gorilla Glue. <laughs> so you don't move I, it around very often lo- he looks perfect but yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very tender with old elvis <laughs> all right well i gotta start off by saying i think this is the first time we've ever done a podcast and the rangers have been undefeated yeah <laughs> yeah i think you're right buddy I so think you are just exactly well right. it's my first time to join so there you go apparently you're the reason that the rangers are undefeated <laughs> for this show so but you got to think let's start by talking about the man that everybody was talking about jacob de did not have I mean, it's funny to say he didn't have a great game, a lot of unlucky hits, and he did strike out seven in three and two-thirds innings and did hit 101 on the radar gun. So, CJ, let's start with you. I don't think I don't think he had a terrible game. I think he was a little unlucky, a little unlucky, and it's just that whole shtick of, you know, pitching for a new team. Remember the first day uh, Cliff Lee came over, he had a terrible game against Baltimore, his first start as well. So Still ended up throwing a complete game that game somehow. Yeah, but he had a terrible one. But, but talk he, about like talk about DeGrom runs. a little bit today. I thought I thought overall. Oh, he didn't look bad. No, and you, he was maybe throwing too many good or, or too many yeah. bad strikes. There's a difference yeah. between you know throwing a throwing a, a, a not a good pitch on the outside corner or on the inside corner, what what have you, or or just having a hitter guessing and going up high or or however whatever your approach is. There was just too many pitches that were too good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. it don't matter how hard you throw in the in the big leagues. They they can catch up to it, especially if you're gonna if you're gonna throw them, you know, middle middle in 
um, middle away, what have you. But yeah, I mean, seven strikeouts. He he was Jacob Degrom, just aside from some little bit of bad luck and then uh, just throwing too many not quality strikes. I guess you could say. Yeah. So Charles, what did you see from him? I saw flashes of brilliance. Yeah. Uh, you know, a ten pitch first inning. I mean, he looked yeah. like. Uh, that that was the most incredible thing, and and then he came back out, and then I think he was trying some different pitches, and I think he was trying to move the ball around a little bit too much and got a little too fine, got a little uh, away from himself, you know, yeah. got a little away from himself and out of his deal, and then and then what I noticed was he seemed to really get angry with himself, which I like to see in a pitcher, because that tells me that they're they're not ready to hang it up. And I think he actually fought to come back out there that extra inning and finish it off, even though uh, pretty sure that um, uh, manager Bochy was at that point ready to pull him. But, and, and he even said in his after, after the game interview that, that uh, we, we went with him as long as we could. And then we had to pull him. And, and I, I, you know, but I admire the grit that it takes to come back out after, you know, you've, not necessarily had your best performance. And I think it's funny that, you know, if he'd have stayed for that one more out, he would have got the win. Instead, Cole Reagans comes in, gets one out and gets the win in today's game because the Rangers then scored nine runs in the bottom of that same inning. They went into that inning without a hit as well. Yeah, I know. And then they went up scoring nine runs. So both pitchers, both pitchers gave up five runs in three and two thirds innings, which is crazy because both of them are amazing pitchers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it, yeah, you expected to see like a 2 1, 3 2, 4 2, yeah, yeah. 4 3 game, and we got the opposite. And I mean, yeah. And it, it, it 12 7 was the final. So. Yeah, 12 to 7, 12 to 7. Uh, <laughs> the Rangers got that 9 5 lead in the, uh, was the bottom of the fourth. Yeah, bottom of the fourth. And uh, man, that <laughs> what just yeah. kind of a kind of a nutty game it really was yeah. uh, but uh opening day jitters are there and uh got to got to get some answers some good answers especially when it comes to the roster and i guess we'll we'll probably hit on that a little bit more then well well earlier in the game charles and i were griping back and forth about how robbie grossman didn't look all that great then he yeah. hit that three-run shot, and we both said, well, I guess we got to pick on someone else now <laughs> i had just gotten off work whenever whenever he hit that shot at the, to tie the game. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, that's a good, it's a good first impression for sure. Because uh, a lot of people, I guarantee you Rangers fans all around were going, wow, I knew it once the season started it, blah, blah, blah. Old yeah. Rex or Rex. I, you, you, you rubbed <laughs> off on I, me. I, rubbed off on you. Yes, I called him Rex did. Grossman one time, which of course is, <laughs> is not him. That's the uh, Chicago bears, former quarterback, former, yeah. former bears quarterback. Yeah. So Robbie Grossman, a uh, good first impression. He was one for three with a walk and uh, obviously that three run home to tie the game and, and really give the Rangers a jolt. And as you expect, you know, late defensive replacements, they put Bubba in there. He had a great robbing home run robbing catch there late in the game. Uh, and then Cole Reagans, as I mentioned, who gets the win. So I think overall, Josh Young is the only one who didn't get a hit and he didn't exactly look bad. His really long at bat in that fourth inning is kind of what started that rally. Yeah, he kind of worked kinda, that walk. Yeah, he kind of he kind of worked the count there and, and made <laughs> And he made an outstanding defensive yes, play. Fortunately, yeah. um, you know, uh, Lowe couldn't hang on to it, but yeah. um, but he dug that ball out on the backside, and and you know that uh, that th- that was impressive. If if you can't do anything else, at least play defense. And yeah, that's, like, that that was the bum shoulder too. So yeah. for him to him to go out there and just lay out like that, and not even yeah. think twice about it. That's, that's, that was a good sight to see. And like Charles and I talked about off air right before we started, no matter how many great plays he makes, everyone our age is still going to say, "Well, he's no Adrian Beltre." That's <laughs> <laughs> not it's so not fair. But he's going to win five Gold Gloves and Silver Slugger. Really. Well, he's no Adrian Beltre. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we talked about it a little bit, but. I think, uh, you know, people said the offense might be better with the uh, shift being gone now. I don't know if the shift had anything to do with it, but we definitely looked good offensively. What did we send? 13 guys to the plate in the fourth inning? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, as far as offensively goes, they started slow, but they, you know, they. they, I tweeted again another joke, and I think Dave Raymond said it too. I said, hey, that was their biggest inning of the year so far. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, the offense, I mean, everybody looked good, even, even when Bubba got in and they started trading some guys out. I mean, Offensively, I think this team is good, and I also think bullpen. Let's talk about the bullpen a little bit. I thought 
I was pretty impressed with him. I don't know about you guys. I mean, Cole Reagan's dig up the run, but it was another kind of fluke hit there down the third baseline. Oh, that, that, that was Burke, Brock Burke. Oh, I'm sorry, Burke. No, didn't Reagan's Reagan's gave up uh, Degrom's last run? No, oh, right. I thought you, I thought you were talking. Okay, no, Reagan's the run he gave up in the fourth was another one of those like bloop over third base, right, really right, weird right. looking hits that wasn't hit hard. So I thought overall the bullpen came in and just pretty much they gave up a couple of runs, but they pretty much shut the Phillies down. Yeah, Burke looked good. Hernandez had his his uh his nasty sinker working. Uh LeClerc came yep. in. It was a non-safe situation, but they don't play tomorrow. So bullpen, everybody, you know, all hands on deck. So yeah. and yeah, you like to see Cole come in and you know, gave up that one hit. It got him out of the inning. And really, I mean, him coming in and, and and kind of shutting things down right there, you know, just obviously yeah. just needing one out, but getting that one out was big because it could have gone from yeah. bad to worse. And maybe the, the team's just kind of down coming in back into the dugout after that. And they don't go out there and, and, and you know, chase Nola from the game. So it was just a kind of a, kind of a, a momentum shift there in an odd way, I guess you could say. Yep. And after watching Burke last year, you kind of feel like he had a bad outing today because he was so good last right, year. But, but he, I see pitched really well today, Charles. Don't he you did. think? He did. I do. And I think one thing to keep in mind is um, I, I think that at this stage in the season, and they used to be the other way around more, but but I think at this stage in the season, the hitters are a little bit ahead of the pitchers. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that so as these pitchers try to figure out because they've been playing in Arizona, and then all of a sudden you come to Arlington, you're trying to get used to your own field again. And some of these guys, you know, they haven't been on this, you know, they haven't been out there that much. And then you throw in the jitters of opening day and everything yeah. that goes with that. I, I, I really thought the team played very well today. And, and again, I'm going to go back to that resiliency thing. Um the ability to fight back. And I, I think DeGrom started that yeah. when he went back out the extra inning and that set the tone for this team. And, and then the bullpen didn't want to let it down. So you created momentum. And so that's what being a leader of a, fran- of a franchise is all about. And, and that's why you get paid the big buck. So even if you have an off day, you still got to set the tone. And there's nothing better to me than watching the Vulcan death grip, go back out to the mound and talk to those pitchers again, man. It's so good to see Mike Maddox back out there. Yeah, really my dad, the, five, the five <laughs> best seasons the Rangers have ever had yeah. pitching-wise pitching all involved wise. Mike Maddox as the pitching coach. Yeah, my dad texted me in the middle, and I was, again, still at work, so yeah. I'm trying to keep track of the Rangers and, and work <laughs> at the same time. It's not an easy thing to do when you're taking phone calls for no. insurance. But, um, yeah, my dad texted, and he said, man, it's so good to see that Maddox is back. <laughs> and and it, no doubt about it, man, go up there and rub the shoulder a little bit. Well, it felt like a fantasy just watching Maddox walk out and talk to DeGrom on the mound, and it was during a Rangers <laughs> game, you know? Just felt yeah. like fantasy. <laughs> yeah, just at different times, that's for sure. <laughs> different and times. you wonder what he says. He probably went out there and told Burke, hey, if you get this out, I'll buy you a cheeseburger later. Like, he doesn't ever say anything really fancy from what I understand. <laughs> he just calms him down and then goes back to the dugout. Hey, so, what's um, your favorite of Whataburger? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what do you like at Whataburger? But anyway, I thought uh, overall, though, I was happy. I was impressed with the game. I think I think it's going to be a fun year. Way more fun than the last three years, for sure. Certainly more competitive. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the things, and and um, um the TV folks all talked about this before the game with, um, but organizationally last year, they made a change. And, uh, you know, if you open up your school books and wind up going through some management classes in college or something, you know, they, there's a big buzzword about organizational change or organizational culture, uh, all of those kinds of, you know, fancy buzzwords. But the reality is, is that's what the organization and ownership actually did. You know, when that when they replaced John Daniels and they they brought in uh, Chris Young and and uh, brought in Bruce Bochy and and they they brought in a whole new coaching staff, management in the office. I think organizationally, the expectation level for the team is higher than it ever has been. And I think that pressure is going to float down to the farm clubs as well, um, because I, I think there's there's just an expectation that we should win. Yeah. And and I don't, I don't know how you 
how you uh, phrase that necessarily, other than, you know, ownership said we're going to win ball games and we're going to do what it takes. And then I think they've surrounded themselves with talent in all the different places to be able to do it. And it's curious to me to see which pieces of that talent are going to fall into place for us as the season goes along. Yeah. And you watch, I mean, you know that, that the players are on board because you look at guys like Cole Reagans, Dane Dunning and Taylor Hearn, all former starters who said, yeah, we'll move to the bullpen if it helps this team. You know, all three of them and all three of them are going to make a significant role. I mean, Taylor Hearn was great out of the bullpen at the end of last season. You know, again, Cole Reagans looked pretty good today. He, he got the win again with, with one third of an inning. The only thing I've ever seen that's funnier than that is I saw a picture and I'm sure you guys have both seen this because you've also watched baseball a long time, get a win with no pitches. Yeah, he yeah, picked off pick a guy off. at first and then they scored in the next inning, never yeah. threw a pitch and got the win. So that's the only thing better than a one out win is, pitched is a, a pick third of an inning win. without throwing a pitch. Yeah, pitched <laughs> a third of an inning without throwing a pitch and got the win. So zero pitches and a win is always it's always nice. But I thought I kind of like like I was on the fence in the beginning, but I like the, the pitch clock. It just feels like the game is always moving. So what do you guys think? I'll start with you, Charles. What do you think of the pitch clock? I actually like it. Uh, I do think I, I do agree with CJ uh, Nikowski when he said that maybe they might want to, especially when you get into the bigger games and the, toward the end of the season of playoffs, maybe tinker with that a little bit in the ninth inning. Yeah. Um, if you know to create more drama for the game, I mean, if you're trying to keep and attract uh, an audience in there, you know, you can't really have too many big moments. And but otherwise, it keeps the game moving. It keeps it snappy. Um, you know, does a player really need to readjust himself every single time he swings the bat? I mean, some of these kind of things, the pitcher wandering around the mound, making dirt devils or whatever else. I mean, yeah. uh, some of that's not exactly riveting entertainment. Get up, throw the ball, hit the ball, strike out, whatever you're going to do, yeah. but let's move on. So yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I, I like, I've always loved, you know, guys that worked worked quickly uh, you yeah. keep your you keep the fielders engaged and and i mean you can see you know some guys some pitchers i mean if you look at it i mean there's there's plenty of guys back in the shit i'm just i'm just gonna throw a a, a, a time out there just like in the 90s that probably might have been better than or that, that were better than what their their eras or their win losses or whatever because they took so long yeah to throw the next pitch and everybody's just, there's just that lull and, and you know, the fielders, yeah, they're paid to be out there to be ready for anything, but they're, they're human beings. They get yeah. bored too. They get bored just like we do. And you know, you go out there and especially if you have a guy that's walking a bunch of guys, but managing to get out of it somehow. And he's in the fifth inning and taking 10 years to, yeah. to go up there and he's licking, the, licking his fingers <laughs> five different times and, and sit, you know, just spinning the ball around and then toes the rubber and just keeps looking down and then finally looks up there to get the, it just, man, it, and you, you wonder why people that don't like baseball, you know, that's why, because it's so boring. Cause you get people like that, that go out there and just take their sweet time or the batter steps out. Like Derek Jeter drove me nuts un undoing his, his gloves and put ev every at bat. So no, yeah. let's get out there and play, you know? And, and I do agree though, that for playoffs, I, I would actually even be happy with it starting the seventh, maybe extending yeah. it a, about five seconds you, you get five more seconds or or three more seconds or whatever because that yeah to build that drama up uh, but yeah uh, i i love i love this pitch clock I, I and, really and manfred did say on the broadcast today that you know he would consider they they're they're considering all possibilities as far as the playoffs and the end of the year goes of adjusting that to bring more of that trauma but i know i was talking to beat writer jeff wilson one time and he said i forget who the pitcher was there was a guy in seattle that the beat writers all called him the human rain delay because of how long he took the throw yeah the oh i'm trying to remember who that was <laughs> i know who you're the talking human about. rain delay yeah yeah because he took so long between pitches they said as soon as they came in they knew that and that inning was going to last for 40 minutes while he was in there throwing oh that's that's gonna drive me nuts. Oh, I, I, I know who you're talking about because yeah. um, because that was um, th there was a guy with the Rangers. Uh, they uh, he got some trouble back when Ryan was uh, running, helping run things, and they cut him loose. But pretty good. Jose Padilla. <laughs> yeah, Jose Padilla. He no, was slower yeah, than yeah. the last. He yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. 
But anyway, um, he was facing off against the guy from Seattle. And I remember I was listening to it on the radio and he and um, um, Eric Nadell said that night, he goes, well, get ready for a long one tonight. Neither <laughs> of these guys have finished to finish a game in less than five hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he yeah, said that live on the always, air. Oh, the thing, that's the thing I love. And of course, best wishes to Eric Nadell. We had, we'd mentioned yeah, that, but you know, he's out yes. for, with, with some mental health issues and we're praying for him and thinking about him a lot. It was, it was weird not hearing him on the radio on my drive home today on opening day, but you know, I understand what he's going through. I know all of us, I've suffered. CJ's suffered. Pretty much anyone at some point in their life has had someone that suffered from that. And, you know, just hopes and prayers from. But yeah, the, the some of the stuff he says on the air, though, is just brilliant. Like, it's what makes him such a good broadcaster. He'll say something. You're like, I can't believe he just said that. Well, and he was so <laughs> deadpan, manner of fact about yeah. it. You know, it wasn't like it was... Uh... <laughs> It was just facts. Yeah, it wasn't like he was cracking a joke. That's what I used to love about uh, Josh Lewin and Tom Grieve when they when they called games on TV. Lewin would just say anything, man, and it was great. Yeah, there there was a lot of people that didn't like how quirky he was. I enjoyed it. I loved he knew, it. Yeah. He knew his baseball he too. Did. I mean, he, he could did. go back and back and 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 tell you this and that about what, whatever player. I mean, I enjoyed it. He brought a yeah. He was quirky, but well, if you never he, read his book, he had a voice about his for time it. covering the Rangers. It's great. Yeah, ball I need game. To, I it's need a great book. Great book. I need to get that for sure. Uh, so I just was trying to find out who who we're thinking of Charles, but uh, <laughs> I did find out the original human rain delay was actually Mike Hargrove. Oh, was he really with the Rangers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he would take so long. Yeah. in between pitches at in in the batter's box. So I ca- I haven't found who the who the merit, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I mean, I can and Jeff told me his name, but I can't remember what it was. So. Mike uh, Hargrove would would re he would he would practically dress and undress in the outside the batter's <laughs> box before every pitch. <laughs> still, still the greatest thing during the the era when they started really checking for sticky stuff when Sergio Romo uh, took his pants off on yeah. the field playing the Rangers with the A's. Do you remember that? <laughs> they, they just they, start. They, they started looking walk- at his belt and he just pulled his belt off and his pants down. well they walked up to him and i guess yeah told him hey we need to check your belt and he just he just went for it man it was dropped great. trial right there there I, was, I was at that game and i was looking down and thinking what in the world is going on right now <laughs> things are getting weird at the ballpark i was like wow okay i didn't know we we're gonna have a strip show during a baseball game yeah the last time they had that was 10 cent beer night yeah that's right yeah that's yeah right. Well, they had a streaker on the field, but it was one of the players. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look hey, forward. We well, oh, go ahead, CJ. A guy, a guy that we, I guess, me and Ben need to 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 apologize to Brad Miller. We didn't yeah, think he'd yeah. even make the team in <laughs> Because uh, I mean, you just didn't hear anything about, about and I just didn't think there all. was a spot and, for him. But yeah, today he found a spot, didn't he? He found a spot in opposite opposite in the opposite field. So. I think we're going to see kind of a makeshift platoon. I, you're going to yeah. see a combination of Robbie Grossman, Adolis Garcia, and then somebody, somebody young. You and know, you're going to see the, Garver, Garver, and Miller also rotate as DHs, and then Garver will catch yeah. a little bit. But I think you're going to see Heim catch most of the games. I think so, and I, I just hope that he doesn't. As, as we talked about a couple couple podcasts ago, that he doesn't. It doesn't start wearing on him. Because yeah. Last year, obviously, he he wore down yeah. toward the end of the season. I mean, he'd never caught 120 games yeah. before, but yeah, but now he know, has. So now he has, <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see if his workout regimen's been different, or if he goes with a different plan to keep himself. Uh, well, and I can't you know, imagine. Healthy. I can't imagine that Garver was thrilled for not being on the opening day in in the opening day lineup. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't, but I mean, it, Nola's Aaron Nola's one of the better pitchers in the league. So that's why he had Miller as many, in there. Yeah, get as many lefties up there as you can. Yeah. And Josh Smith was was in there as well. Yeah. So, and, I, and thought, I, I mean, I don't know. Let me let me bring this up. And I think I talked to Charles about this maybe earlier via text. But I was kind of surprised Duran wasn't in the starting lineup with the spring that he had. Are you surprised? Yeah. Do you think it's because simply I, because of left-handed right-handed? I think it was strictly matchup matchup based. I agree with that. Uh, you know, Aaron Nola is probably one of the top five pitchers in the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not off. I, I don't know that in my lifetime, other than seeing uh, opening day back in, oh, probably early 90s when I got to see Nolan Ryan face off against Roger Clemens. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen another opening day in Arlington Stadium with two pitchers of that kind of caliber go yeah. set you know, set against each other. 
So there was a, a, a stat that the Jared Sandler uh, spoke about this back in 1992. The first time, yes, this is what it was, I think. The first time the Rangers had scored nine runs in one inning in a game since 1992 um, on opening day since 1992. Wow. And guess who the two starting pitchers were? It was between the Mariners and the Rangers. Who was it? Nolan Ryan against Randy Johnson. Oh, wow. <laughs> the game There's ended a good like match 13 to 11. Yeah. You know, so you never know. That's well, why we love baseball. Day is, like Charles, opening day is always weird because the header, hitters usually are ahead of the pitchers on opening day. I mean, there's been so many times that uh, that you've seen. Like you remember, I forget what year it was, 2009, 2008, where we rocked Cliff Lee on opening day when he was with Cleveland. Yeah. He came in here with all that, you know, tout of he was the best pitcher in baseball. And we, I think we chased him in the third inning and we had already put up seven or eight runs on him. It was, it was an amazing game. Yeah. It wasn't long. And I think, I think that was the year actually that he got sent to Seattle. Yeah. I think you're and, right. And, and then pitched for Seattle the next year. And, and we got up <laughs> and ended up getting traded to the Rangers at the deadline. So yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. All right. So game one is in the books. The Rangers are one and oh which is great. They defeated the uh, national league champions from last year. And like we said, probably two of the best pitchers we've seen. It's funny that it wound up, you know, 12 to seven with DeGrom going against Nola, but you know, it was still a great game. Bullpens did a pretty good job. Not, not Phillies, but Texas did a pretty good job. Actually, you think about it. Phillies did pretty good too. Cause yeah, they weren't bad. Yeah. I mean, after, after the, that inning where the Rangers scored nine, they only scored, you know, three more runs. So after, after is it Diaz that came in? Cause yeah, they, they got, got to Nola. Rocked, yeah. and I think it was Diaz and they, they, they got lit him. him up. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Soto. 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 Yeah, that's right. All and, right. So uh, let's look ahead. I, we hadn't done it. Charles wrote an article today on my website, a, a glowing article, which he was kind of worried about those first few innings <laughs> of the game, <laughs> but, but let's look ahead. I just wanted to do a AL West, how we think they're going to finish what season prediction. I know we've already had one game, but I still think it's still early enough in the season where we can all pull this off. So I'll start uh, with you, CJ. Just think about where, what is the line up going to be? What's the final line going to be in the AL West and who makes the playoffs out of the division? It's, it's, it's hard to say they're going to win the division after the past few seasons. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going (laughs) to be that ballsy, but uh, I, I voted second, second place. Uh, It's going to be hard to, you know, Seattle's really good. Oakland's always just comes out of nowhere sometimes. And yeah, but and, did you know oh, that, actually, that, a lot that, of times, that but, Verlander makes more money than Oakland? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And, um, so, yeah, they're definitely not, they're not, uh, anyways. Yeah, they're yeah, not going to have an up year, I don't think. Seattle's really good. And Anaheim always finds a way to beat, beat, beat up on themselves. Yep. So, uh, so it's it, it's going to be hard, and the Astros are the silly Astros. Yep, as as they've shown. So it's yeah, I'll, I'll say, I'll say they. <laughs> I don't, it's hard to say surprise, yeah, because of how much money they've spent on the names that they've yeah. spent it on. Yeah, but just over the past few seasons, it's just it's hard to say they'd win the division, and then it all it also feels like I'm giving them a slight, saying they're going to finish second. So that's just where I'm going to stick. All right, Charles, where do you have them? Well, in my article today, I, I talked about some of the weaknesses that the team has, and and there's certainly a, a pretty significant list on there. Uh, uh, defense is probably my number one concern because they weren't very good defensively last year. No. But it's such a hallmark of what Bruce Bochy teaches. Yeah, especially and, on the infield. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that was uh, – I think spring training this year uh, was all about defense and I think um, I think it was all about trying to go back to fundamentals and work on things like that and I think we saw a little bit of that today and even though we're not going to have the shift anymore I really think the Rangers benefit from that more than some other teams do yeah. um you know Philly uh today as an example they do a brilliant job of hitting to the opposite field. Yeah. You know, a lot of those hits came through on, you know, just kind of sticking your bat out and hitting a hundred mile an hour fastball and bouncing it down there in the corner on, on the opposite field. And, but the Rangers are filled with pull hitters uh, up and down that lineup. And I, so I think 
I think that's going to benefit them more than it will other teams. Yeah. And the other thing that affects this division, I think, is the schedule. Uh, you know, uh, the balance schedule. Yeah, the yeah. balance schedule. You know, you're no longer getting to play the Oakland A's 19 times or yeah. the Astros 19 times. So it's not people in your own division beating each other up. You're you're actually going to have to play the AL East and go up against the Rays and the Yankees and the Orioles and the, and the Blue Jays and, yep. and all of that. Not just the Rangers, but that means the entire division has to yep. go up against that. So, it, it, and depending on how that balance is, uh, you could have the Rangers get off to a really good start and build up a lead and then maybe struggle later in the season. But then the the advantage that I think the Rangers have over everybody else in the division um, is the depth on that 40-man roster, giving them the ability to go out and acquire whatever – holes that need filling, whether it's a couple of bullpen pieces or, you know, another hitter or whatever else up and down that lineup. Um, But I like this team and I like what I'm seeing put together. It'll be interesting to see where where they finish uh, overall, but I'm hard in on 85 wins. So um, does I'm right around there with you. Yeah. Does, does 85 win the division or is it going to take 90? I mean, uh, there's more parity with yeah. the balance of the schedule. Well, so, you look at the the Phillies last year finishing third in their division and then making the World Series. The World Series so, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, I think they've got all the ingredients to win the whole thing. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, win the division. I'm not. Yeah. So, I'm not ready to. Not the whole hey, thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not ready to put the anointing all out. Don't don't go, don't don't get me there. I mean, to go from 60 wins to to 85. You know, I'm not yeah. even going to say the words. Uh, yeah, um, but. Uh, I, I think uh, I think they're I think it's going to be an exciting year, and my expectation because of everything that they've done is much higher. Yeah, and I expect to see more wins. And and as I said in my article today, I mean, okay, if they just win, you know what, twelve more of the one run games that they lost last year and your manager, which supposedly can affect as much as five games a year, Mm -hmm. five to seven, let's be conservative, say five, that's 17 more wins on top of 60. So that puts you 77, 78. They were 68 last year. So. Yeah. Yeah. So So, they were 68 wins last year. So you had 17. Yeah. You had 17 to that. You're already at 85. Yeah. You're already 85. So right at 85. Smack dab. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you, uh, I think you get my point there is yeah. that 90s not far off and no, um, but, you know, but again, the schedule is going to play into it, um, especially in the second half, because, uh, when I looked at that and I wrote about it in the article, obviously, but I, I think you're only facing the white Sox, um, uh, which there could be decent or they could really stink up. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they faced the A's a couple of times and the Diamondbacks. Uh, yeah. And other than that, uh, everybody else may be in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're looking, you also have to face San Diego and the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Rays, you know, and mm-hmm. you got to face all these teams that are going to be really, really good. You know, um, the Padres, another one, you know, that you have to face that are really, really good. So like you said, I think it'll be parody, but everyone has to face those teams. It's just, I think it comes down to, I mean, Houston Magic, if they can do it again, because every year after year, they just seem to dominate the division. I mean, just dominate. But like you said, it's not 19 against everybody anymore. So it'll be interesting to see what the Astros look like. But I have I went back and forth, but I I told Charles off air and I told uh, CJ this, too. But I think Levi Weaver had it right at the end of the World Baseball Classic when he said, I don't know why everyone's shocked that Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout. The Angels have been beating themselves for years. (laughs) Um, it's a pretty accurate quote. And by the way, did you see CJ today that Levi is leaving the beat? No, I did not. He got a a job with national with the athletics. So, Oh, nice. He is not going to be doing the Rangers beat anywhere, which sucks because he's like, Charles, if you ever read him, I I subscribe to the athletic just because of him, because he's quirky. His articles are always great. I mean, just off the wall, not what you'd expect type baseball writer, which is what made him so good over all these years. But anyway, and that's um, just the way he is in in real life. Yeah. When you meet him in person, he's exactly the same way. He's kind of an introverted, like weird dude, which makes him a really, really good baseball (laughs) writer. (laughs) You know, we are kind of weird people. Those of us that love baseball, we're not normal. 
Yes. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, I do have the Rangers finishing second behind Houston. And I I'm not as 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 gung ho as you guys. I had him between 80 and 83 wins. Um, and I think that's enough to make the postseason because I don't think I don't know that the AL Central is all that strong this year. Uh and the East, yeah, I don't I think know. That's a runaway division, you know. Yeah, and, and the one, East, I don't know who's gonna come out. I know the Yankees, but I don't know who else is gonna come out of the East. It depends on Tampa Bay. They're either gonna be really good or really bad because they're always oh, yeah. one or the other. Are the Red Sox gonna bounce back and all those Red questions. Sox don't look like they're gonna be good, but you never I don't know. Think so. I don't think they're gonna be good either. So I think the Rangers have a good shot, and I'd love to be wrong and see them win 87 games. But I still think they're going to get second because I think the Angels, once again, are going to shoot themselves in the foot. And I think Seattle's going to take a little step back from what they were last year. I don't think Seattle's going to be as good as they were last year. I think they're going to take a small step back. So I think that you look at Rangers second, Seattle third, and then Angels and A's. And, of course, everyone screams Artie Moreno needs to sell the team because the Angels can't win, which is true. But I want them to keep the team forever, to be honest with you. Because they're bad well, under like, his management. It's just like Dan Snyder in football <laughs> in Washington. You want, you, yeah. want the, you want him to stay the owner of the Redskins because ever <laughs> since I, he's the, been not there, the Redskins, you'll get us, you'll get us canceled. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that team Dan, in Washington. I, I was listening to Dan Patrick this morning, and he was talking about the A's, and apparently, um, you could get tickets behind home plate for the starting game today. Which, by the way, Otani's pitching. Um, you know, uh, but anyway, you could get tickets for behind home plate for less than a hundred dollars. Oh my God. <laughs> well, when you, when you, when you buy all of these players and disappoint your fans year after year after year, they're going to stop coming after a while. See, at least when the Rangers sucked the last three years, we knew they were going to suck. Like we had no, like we knew 20, 21 and 22 weren't going to be good years. Like we all knew that any of us that followed knew that once they started that rebuild, they were going to be bad for a while, but you know, now Farm system's great. You know, Frisco won the, the Texas League Championship last year. We've got might, the prospects They might now. repeat. They too. might repeat this year. They have, they have uh, what is it, four of the top five prospects are starting at Frisco this year. You know, and the only one that isn't is Josh Young, and he's starting in Texas. So, <laughs> you know, they're going to be good. Round Rock's going to be good. Round Rock, there's a lot of guys in Round Rock that are, we like to call them quadruple A players. They're, they're major league ready. They're just no place for them on the team. You've got yeah. guys like Cole Wynn and Jake Latz and, you know, you've got Glenn Otto who's going to go down there when he gets healthy and you've got, you know, you got so many guys down there that are ready to go, but they just aren't ready to go. They sent mm-hmm. Joe Barlow down to AAA. Yeah. And you might have, I mean, by the end of the season, who knows, Zach Kent might be another, another one. quadruple A guy. So, yep. you know, there's, there's a ton, there's a ton yeah. of talent that, you know, especially, you know, double A. Yeah. And again, and then a lot, a lot of those double A guys are up in triple A now. And yep. a lot of those guys that were kicking butt down in, in the A ball are now playing for double A. So. Yeah. So if you live in the Dallas area, you should definitely go see Frisco because you're going to see some good baseball. You got Jack Leiter there. You got Owen White there. You got Evan Carter there. I mean, that Evan is Carter, a stacked, Luis stacked team. Yeah. Luis on Helicuna. That is a stacked team. The manager, Carlos Cardoza, who we've had on the show, is a fantastic good guy. guy. Going to yeah. be a good. I was kind of sad that Gettert left because I liked him a lot, but yeah. I think it's good. I think, I think Cardoza is going to be good there. So anyway, a little minor league talk, but yeah, the Rangers. So we got them all together somewhere around 85 wins, 83 wins, somewhere in there making the playoffs. So I hope I'm right because the last time I thought they would stink and they made the playoffs was 2010. And I was glad to be really, really wrong that year. Yes. Yes. That yeah. was, uh, so I'd, that I'd love to see a repeat of that where they get hot, you know, at the end of the year and, and, and make a run, but we'll see what happens, but I, I'm excited. Today was a good game uh, and I'm excited for the future of this season. What else we got guys? Well, that's it for me. I mean, it's it was a it was a a wonky wonky kind of opening day, but a, hey, <laughs> you know what? A, a W's. A oh, w we should mention that the Mets baseball. lost their lost their ace. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dustin Verlander is on the injured list. I saw that, and yeah. uh, I uh, I just it's exciting. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that I note is you know we talk about the A's. I mean, the Angels always shooting themselves in the foot. I've never seen a franchise with so much bad luck as the as the Mets. That's true. That is true. I mean, they're just snake bit uh, from yeah. top to bottom. That is I true. Mean, uh, and I think it's been that way since 1969. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's been a long time. Mets. Yeah. It's, uh, um, it, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe the New York water or whatever. But uh, Yeah, because they have the market and they have the money, but they never seem to be able to get there. Yeah. 
they kind of remind me at least of recent would be uh the in the, in the NFL the new age San Diego uh San Diego yeah, Chargers yeah, yeah. you know the Chargers always, having they were always Super Bowl favorites and, and they always got knocked Drew out of Brees. the first round and, of the playoffs yeah, yeah and it they they they'd have all these injuries just bam well, as a Denver Broncos fan, I've loved the fact that the Chargers have never been that yeah. good when it comes to the playoffs. And you know, they they were, you know, with Phillip Rivers and I yeah. mean they had two Hall of Famers drafted in the yeah. same draft and Drew Brees and Ladanian Tomlinson yeah. and ended up letting Drew Brees go because they thought he wasn't the guy. <laughs> Whoops. And drafted Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees. Drew Brees won a being, Super Bowl. <laughs> Drew Brees won a Super Bowl. So, and so it's, yeah, just, that's what, that's kind of what they remind me of is being a, being a younger buck, I guess you could say, but yeah. that team that's just loaded with talent, but just for whatever reason is snake bitten and they just, they lose key players at the worst times. And uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got probably arguably two of the best players in baseball and show Otani and Mike Trout. And Mike Trout has been to one playoff series in his entire That's career. That's insane to me. Yeah. And then you get both of them on the same team right yeah. in their prime. You know, Trout start Trout might be starting to hit his I think he's on the back yeah, side. Yeah, Trout's, yeah, Trout's he's past on the back his side. prime, but he's still yeah. good. But he I don't think he's I don't think he's the best player in baseball anymore. He's not that good. But he no, was his, for a while. I think the best player in baseball is on his team. <laughs> yeah, I think so, so too. I think and, so too. And I, it just baffles me that Anaheim cannot do anything with it. Well, if they it. want to get Otani, get rid of Otani for a bag of peanuts, the Rangers should definitely take that deal. Yeah, I mean, they might as well give him away for a bag of peanuts because they ain't, they haven't gotten anything for anybody else. So, no. well, just, they're they're not going to trade him. They're going to wind up losing him in free agency. Oh, free yeah, agency. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're going to lose him all the way down the line. Yep. Because uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I can't imagine a franchise that's going to come out there and trade away half their team to get Ohana. That's what it would yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. There, it's yeah. going to be a it's going to be a king's ransom if you want yep. to get him sure. get him in a well, trade. Yeah, you're basically getting two players for the price of one. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You are. You're Dude, getting an what, excellent what, starting pitcher, thirty plus home runs, and had yeah. an ERA below three last year. I mean, that's there, unheard of. I had a I mean, tweet literally last unheard. year. There was a game. Uh, Otani was two for three. With seven RBIs and two home runs, <laughs> and the Angels still lost the game. I mean, yeah, good yeah, Lord, thank God for that, though. Man, thank you, Angels, for stay already. Stick around, man. I Keep love Otani. I mean, God. yeah, oh, yeah. You, you can't, yeah, you can't not what love Otani. Phenomenal talent. Yeah, yeah. And I got so upset, and I, I it's only, and I don't watch the show. I haven't since him and Skip Bayless were hanging out together and ruining people's lives on yeah. first fake or whatever. <laughs> it was Stephen A. Smith saying that Otani was bad for baseball because yeah. he's the best player and he's a not even an American or something like that. And what? Just yeah, like, he said that last God. year at yeah. some point and got lots of flag for it. Yeah, he's he like, deserved- well, he nobody even knows what he's saying. Nobody can yeah. understand what he's saying, and it's like uh, he speaks yeah. just, just fine English, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. have you heard him talk English? Well, Is those he, guys uh, don't do research; English. they just look for hot takes that'll get them retweeted and re reshared. <sighs> Is all they're yeah. That for. was that was not a good quote by him. No, you know, yeah. if you look back over the last four or five years. You know, there were the Rangers had their Lance Lins, their Mike Miners. Uh, we had Duke U Darvish. Uh, we've had a lot of talent yeah. come through here, but they're all been one at a time. Yeah. We've never seen this kind of high talent, caliber talent since like 1982. No, I, mean, I agree. And yeah, all together with Seeger and Simeon and yeah. DeGrom and Evaldi. And yeah, I mean, just everyone we've got right now, it's incredible that they're all Rangers. Right. And and that's why, you know, uh, it's I know we're being conservative with our guesses as, as our predictions. And but, you know, really and truly, if if you look at this on paper and throw the injuries out the window, any uh, Verlander got hurt today. Right. Mm-hmm. So a- injuries are part of the game and every team has to face it. But all things being equal on paper. The, the Rangers stack up against anybody. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. I and, agree. Um, but I, I'm going to say this is, as my final thought is that uh, the Astros, I think are the best team in baseball. 
yeah, until somebody knocks them off and proves until somebody up. yep till somebody till somebody takes it from them i yep. mean it's it's hard to it's painful as it is yeah. it's you know if, if you're I mean, a true they, fan they of the are, sport, yeah. yeah if you're a true fan of the sport and you're realistic that i mean it is what it is and the astros right now are the best team in baseball i mean they were far and away last year the best team in baseball i mean the best team actually won the world series yeah. last year they were far yeah. and away the best team the cinderella philadelphia close, yeah Philadelphia Phillies and, and I hate I just anything Philadelphia, especially the Eagles. I hate the Eagles so much. I hate them. <laughs> Don't well, even see. I have started, a soft but... spot. I have a soft spot just for the Phillies because my dad was a massive Phillies fan before he passed away. And that's the only reason I have a soft spot for the Phillies, but I hate everything but, else. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, as far as baseball goes, I've never, I've never really hated them. That, uh, that world series they had with the blue Jays was a pretty darn good one uh, back in uh, the early nineties. That was, that one was fun to watch. They had some uh, some some damn good players on that yeah. team. And quick Schilling side note: one. Quick side note on our way out. My first baseball game to ever attend with my dad was a Phillies game, and Steve Carlton pitched, and Mike Schmidt hit like a 480 foot bomb in that game. <laughs> wow. My first game to ever attend. We were in the upper deck, and my dad told me, "We're there's no chance we're getting a ball." And when when Schmitty hit that home run, it was probably like eight rows in front of us. <laughs> it was a bomb, man. And that that was when I got my love for baseball. It's funny, it was in Philly, but I never. Cause I moved here when I was nine. So, you know, by the time I started really enjoying the sport, I was a Rangers fan. So my dad was a little disappointed in me, but secretly he went up being a Rangers <laughs> fan at the end of his life too. Cause we went to like 40 or 50 games together. So. <laughs> you know, that's funny. My, my grandfather, even though my entire family is pretty much all from Texas, he was a huge Yankees fan. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, um, it, he was all in. Well, one thing I'll say are, about one thing I'll say about the Yankees is they do have fans everywhere. They, they yeah, have legitimate like the fans too. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, the Cowboys yeah. And, and Lakers. Like and it's not fair weather. The Yankees have legitimate fans all over the country, all over but the world, really. Believe it or not, up here in West Texas, there's a lot of people that if if you're not Rangers fans, which I mean a whole I mean, most of the West Texas is by yeah. far. But if you're not, there's a lot of Cardinals fans. A whole yeah. lot of Cardinals fans. And there, I know, I mean, off the top of my head, I can name five or six people that are, that I know they're, that are Cardinals fans. So yeah, it's, it's kind of strange how the baseball dynamic goes, but. Well, I I, got to tell you, if you've ever been up, you know, to the Midwest, you know, if you've been to like the Royal stadium or, or across to St. Louis, uh, the fans are completely different than what you deal with in Texas. Yes. and they're very friendly. They're very outgoing. Uh, yeah, they're loud and they have fun, but it's all under controlled and restrained. Yeah. And and they're just the nicest people in the world. It makes it easy to become a fan and join in with them. And they make it easy for you as well. And you know, there's something about being a Midwestern part of the country that's, that's truly flattering in that regard, yeah. I think. I agree with you there. All right. Well, Charles, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And thank you to Preferred Health Solutions for paying for Zoom. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, guys. We appreciate you. It was a lot of fun. fun Thanks, Charles. All right, CJ. We'll see you next time. In that case, deuces. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.